0: Well, good morning, everyone. We're in the house of the Lord, and um, it's It's wonderful to be here. That's very loud. Is that very loud? We'll get that mixed up. But if you're here, welcome. If you're home or somewhere online, I just want a special welcome to you all. It's uh, just a blessing to be part of today's uh, Post Easter stuff, and we're we're beginning a whole new series today, and uh, it's called Unshakable, and uh, Unshakable. In uh, um, we'll get we'll get into the reason for that in a second, but we're going to be working through um, Hebrews chapter twelve, and for the uninitiated, uh, Hebrews twelve comes right after Hebrews eleven. So if you're looking for it in your scriptures, that's where you'll find it. And we're beginning this whole new series um, called Unshakable, and the scriptures are quite clear that uh, we must have an unshakable faith if we are able or going to be able to stand firm in this, in this nation or this world, this anti-God, anti Anti-church world that we're living in, because it is very much like that. Paul warned the church um, at Corinth in, in one Corinthians. He says, "Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, and be courageous and strong, or be strong." And so, when Paul commands that to the church at Corinth, and we realize that can also, it needs to be also something that we look at and and apply to our lives as well. Over these next four weeks, I want to take a deeper look at the principles that Paul lays out, or not Paul, it's uh, the writer of Hebrews, lays out for us as we take a deeper look at Hebrews chapter 12. Who wrote Hebrews 12? We're not sure. Who wrote the book of Hebrews? We're not absolutely sure. It probably wasn't Paul, although it's very... Pauline, in, in some ways, but it's not entirely right. So there's no writer attributed to the book of Hebrews. And so the best we can do is to say those the, the writer of Hebrews. But it's quite clear to me, and I'm sure it is to others as well, that, that perseverance and or resilience is a much-needed attribute to us or for other Christ follower today. Resilience is the ability to pick ourselves up after a difficult time. It's the the ability to not just get through it, that's the the perseverance, but the resilience is to bounce back after we've been through a difficult time. And for us as Christians, we need to develop that resilience to, to be able to get back on our feet because we're going to be pushed down, we're going to be thrown under the bus, so to speak, in so many different ways over the life and and as life goes on and the day of the Lord becomes closer. And if we don't have an unshakable faith, this solid, firm faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to find it very difficult to be able to get through. And I'm confident that God's not just able to to see us through, but he will see us through. He's not just able to do all these things and might if he feels like it, but he will see us through. And that's really important to understand that difference. And our ability to bounce back and to persevere through difficulties is going to be really important. And if we don't trust God or if our faith is weak, that ability is going to be greatly diminished. Hebrews 11, I know we're talking about Hebrews 12, but Hebrews 11 tells us in verse 6, it's impossible to please God without faith. Impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And then Hebrews 11 goes on to give us example after example of men and women who through their difficult circumstances put their faith on the line. They they put their faith into action and trusted in God's promises for them at various times even though they didn't know the end outcome. Their circumstances were anything in many cases fun and exciting. They didn't have all of the, the advantage of looking back on their life 2,000 or 5,000 years later and seeing what God had done and how he'd worked through it, just as we don't have that in our lives. We don't see what others are going to look back in our time and think, you know what, they had it pretty easy. Or they did pretty well, they did really well to get through what they needed to get through. And so we need to realise that as the writer of Hebrews begins chapter 12, that he begins to show us how we can also have this same kind of faith that these men and women of faith in Hebrews 11 had and were able to endure and be resilient, bounce back to the things that God had called them to do and how we can endure through to the end. And so the first point, if you're following along, on the online church, there's notes there. If you're following in, in service here, there's hard copies or you can do the same thing. But the first one is we need to throw off what slows us down. And verse 1, of, or the first part of verse 1 in Hebrews 12, it says, "'Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses "'to the life of faith,' Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. That's the first part of verse 1. And in the original manuscripts of of their word that we have, there were no chapters and verses. When Paul wrote this letter, it was, oh, sorry, when the writer of Hebrews writes this letter, it was just a letter or it was some teaching. Chapters were added in around the 1300s, verses were about the the 1500s and they're somewhere. So even right from the beginning, this was just a message for everyone. And so the word therefore definitely carries on from chapter 11 for us because that's what he's just been talking about. And Hebrews 11 describes those men and women of faith so what we're being told is that we have this history of people who have gone before this huge crowd of witnesses who have gone before us, who have been faithful faithful through their circumstances, were able to persevere through to the end, be resilient enough and to bounce back that we should take notice of that. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, we need to take notice and we need to recognise we, that we have this history in our own lives, even our own families, of people who have gone before where their plans, their, their mistakes, their, their insights have been laid bare for us to look back on and it should draw us into a life of faith. God is trustworthy. He has never and will never let anyone down. He will be faithful to his promises. And this the writer of Hebrews comes to the same conclusion, uh, Paul writes, sorry, came to the conclusion in Philippi when he writes in Philippians 1, I am certain, I am absolutely certain that God is able, the one who began this work in us will continue until it's finally finished when the day of the Lord returns. I am absolutely certain that God is not only just able, but he who began this good work in us will bring it to completion. And so what the writer of Hebrews is saying to us in verse 1 is that if we want to see the same results, that these men and women of faith who went before us We need to throw off anything and everything that will slow us down in that pursuit, everything that will slow us down. What's interesting is that when I think of what's going to slow me down, my mind goes straight to things that are sinful. But that's not the mind of the writer. And I know that because he adds that the things that slow you down and the sin that so easily entraps us so there's got to be and there are many things in our life that are not necessarily sinful but are not good or they are not helpful for us to be able to live the christian life it's not everything that's not everything that's sinful is needs to be dealt with but there are things in our life that we need to not be part of And we need to realise that. So we need to recognise the question is, what are the things that slow us down? What are the things that slow us down so that we're not, that are not necessarily sinful, but are going to hinder the work that God wants for me to do? And the reality is that we can only run to God or as God intends us to run if we are able to throw off the things that slow us down. So the, the picture that the writer of Hebrews gives us is this race so that we can run the race, he goes on to say. but So we need to throw off the things that slow us down, laying aside the things that bog us down. And that means anything that impedes us in a spiritual context, anything that h- impedes the spiritual ability of us to be able to grow. And that can be lots of things. It's going to be different for you to me, for me to you. It's going to be different. Not everything that slows me down will slow you down and vice versa. And so we need to be alert to that. What is it, the the weight that is going to slow me down to take my eyes off Jesus Christ And I want to be careful that I keep those things aside or throw those things off. And as we said, a weight is not necessarily something that's sinful. They're just merely things that trip us up or they slow us down or they hinder our range of emotions and stunt our progress and our effectiveness as we grow. And that's going to be something that we need to ask the Lord to examine our hearts on. And and as I said, they're not the same for every individual. And these things that slow us down can be all matter of things. things. Sometimes the cares or anxieties of of our life pull us back and slow us down from this spiritual continual growth. Jesus gives us some advice on, on keeping our mind on the right things in Luke 21. He says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled, slowed down, by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let the worries of this life stop us or hinder us from being in a, in a spot where we can grow spiritually. I have to ask myself, and maybe you do too, <clears throat> how much do I allow the worries of this life to impede my spiritual growth? How often do the things of this life Take me away from the things that I need to be involved in. And a good clue to what else might be something that's that's not necessarily sinful but it is something that's a weight is listening and, and going by things that are said that are untrue, such as lies that the devil brings into our thinking and our thought process. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not... Well enough, you're too old, you're too young, you're, you've got too much busyness happening in your life, you're not able to do the things that you know you should, but it's okay. Just put it off a little bit. And we're all guilty of that. And if we do those things, we'll never get it together. And God does not love us. They're the things that Satan wants us to believe. Thinking like that contradicts the word of God very clearly because we know that God tells us that he is love and he does love us for God loved the world so much that he gave us his only son. And God's word is certainly not a weight that we need to throw off. So when we get into these this thinking that God doesn't love us, we throw off those things that actually the things that we should be hanging on to. We need to throw off those things that we we start to act on in our thinking. Thinking like that is something that we need to be careful of. On the other hand, some weights are, are really just trivial perhaps, but they also keep us from doing what we're supposed to be doing. Overly committed schedules. That's something that we could be guilty of. Filling up our time. We've all got the same amount of 24-hour period in our life to be able to to utilise, if we are overly committing in our time, are we able to do that which God has called us to do, or are we too busy? That's a weight that slows us down. Too many responsibilities, taking on more and more because of whatever, so that we're hindered from doing what God wants us to do. Or it might be just a struggle or with a debilitating fear and anxiety and worry and, and burdens and those sorts of things that are impacting on our ability to grow spiritually. Bad eating habits end up causing all sorts of things which hinder our ability to do what God has called us to do. Financial indebtedness, where we're, too, where we're so busy and, and have, have so much debt on our life that we're unable to be generous, as the word of God tells us to do. And so when we start talking about money in church, it hits a bit of a raw nerve. Because you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what expenses I've got. And yet we're told to be indebted to nobody except in the debt of love. And I, I would challenge us to start thinking about what is it that hinders us in our spiritual growth that's not necessarily sinful, but it's not helpful. It's slowing us down to the point where we're not really growing at all. And ultimately, each one of us must need, needs to see, search our own hearts. We can't just put that on each other. I can't say to you that you need to deal with that. Maybe we can in some respects, but you need to examine your own heart and I need to examine my own heart, my own life and my own circumstances and, and that sometimes laying aside some of these weights isn't going to be instantaneous. It's gonna take some time to deal with the things that are slowing us down and I need to take that into my consideration just as you do. And at the same time when we've laid down everything that slows us down, we need to press on and progress in our Christian faith. When we lay it aside, it doesn't mean we go back and pick it up again when things get okay. It's something we need to lay aside, put off everything that hinders you, everything that slows you down. It means leaving it behind so that we can be free to run the race of life that God has given to us and has marked out for each of us. And just because something is difficult in life, that doesn't mean it's a weight. We don't throw off everything that's hard because sometimes it's not that that's slowing us down so much. The key is to whether something is clearly separating us from where God wants us to be as to oppose where the world is taking us. Going through life's difficulties is going to be normal, is normal, and that's the next point we're getting on to. The other part of this verse is, this, is the sin that so easily entangles us. I don't need to talk to you about that very much. You know the things that are sinful. You know what God wants us to do, you to do, and it's, we can all relate to that. We find ourselves at times doing the very things that we know we shouldn't. We know we're in the wrong. We need to confess. We need to repent. We need to get back into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ when we realise the sin that so easily entangles us because Satan is deceptive. He's he's a trickster. He's a liar. And when we realise that we've fallen for this sinful behaviour, it's a matter of, of confession and repentance, if we want to be unshakable in our faith with the Lord Jesus Christ so that nothing shakes us or takes our faith or diminishes our faith from us, we really do need to take the word of God seriously when it talks about throwing off those things that hinder us and the things that so easily entangle us or the sin that so easily entangles us. As I said, number two is persevere through the difficulties. We need to learn perseverance. Verse 1 finishes off and it says, after it tells us that we need to watch out for the sin that so easily entangles us, we need to run with endurance the race God has set before us. We need to run with endurance the race that God has set before us that tells me that the race that is before us, that God has prepared in advance for us, is going to require perseverance. It's not going to be straightforward. It's not going to be easy. In other words, life is going to have its struggles. And if we're going to get through life, we are going to have to face things that we don't like. It's hard at times and that's going to be hard to do and it will wear us down. And if we're not careful, being concerned about those things and the anxiety that comes from those things can become one of the things that slows us down. That's why the Lord says, don't worry about today, tomorrow. Today has enough concerns. Don't worry about something that's coming because all that worry does is, is to hinder the work that God wants to do in us today. And we can't afford to be like that. Jesus even warned us in in John chapter 16, he says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. In other words, Jesus was the first one to say, life wasn't meant to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's not straightforward. Becoming a Christian does not guarantee an easy life. And if you've been told that when you become a Christian, all your problems will disappear, you've been lied to. If anything, I would say that sometimes our problems increase. And the reason for that is because now we are going against the tide or the flow of the, of the, the worldly flow. We're going against everyone else. And we're going to have to face things that we don't like. And these, the fact that Jesus tells us that we are going to have to endure these hard times, that alone should reassure us that, we should, that nothing takes God by surprise. He knows that life is going to be hard. He knows that we need to persevere. He knows that we need to have him by our side. He doesn't want us either to be caught out by these things. Because when we are caught out, what our typical response is to get to is to quit. Ah, I'll just give up. It's easier to give up and quit. But that's why we're told in Hebrews that we need to run with endurance. We need to push through. The resilience needs to to step in where we bounce back when we're knocked down, but I get back up again. He doesn't want us to be caught out, just as he is not caught out when the going gets too tough. And so we're called to persevere, to hang in there, to to not give up, but to have faith in God, this unshakable faith in God. James 1 tells us God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. You will be blessed for enduring through those times. Afterward, then we will receive the crown of life, but during them, we're just going to be blessed. And when we run the race with with endurance, the crown of life is the reward that we can look forward to, but we can also receive the blessing of today. We have a blessed time to live in. We have family, we have friends, we have The body of Christ to to help us and encourage us. And we cannot expect to receive this crown of life if we live a life that disqualifies us. That the race that Paul that the writer of Hebrews and Paul talks about too in Corinthians, this this race that is talked about is, is one that has to have purpose. And in 1 Corinthians is where Paul explains that running aimlessly and running without purpose and just living life the way it's going on may well cause us to be disqualified from winning this prize, this crown of life. That's what 1 Corinthians 9 says. Don't you realise that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Run to win, don't be disqualified. All athletes are disciplined in their their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should, otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I, might be, I myself might be disqualified. Paul says, I'm disciplining myself in such a way so that I am not disqualified. Because I'm fearful that if I don't discipline myself, I may well be Disqualified, And the good news is that when we're able to endure and persevere through the difficulties, the crown of life is ours, but it's also the blessings that God has given us. God blesses those who patiently endure the testing and temptation. Persecution, trials, suffering, distractions, and all manner of things will deter us in our pursuit of this holy life, this race that we're talking about. And it's a long-distance run. It's not a sprint. It's a long-term thing. And there will be times when it's going to be hard work and there are going to be times when it's going to, we, we're going to need to persevere through the difficulties and it will sound daunting from time to time and we're going to need help. But we need to train ourselves so that we're able to do that. And to train ourselves is another way of saying we need to grow. We need to mature. We need to come to an understanding where God wants us to be. And maybe you're going through some of those difficulties right now as we we sang about some of those things right at the beginning of this service. Maybe in your life you are going through some difficulties and the idea of sticking at it sounds way too daunting, way too difficult, way too hard, and you feel like it's easier just to give up, I'll tell you something, it may now be easier to give up, but it will not be the best decision you'll ever make. It won't be. Take heart because we have help. God has given us his Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit to help us in those things. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us. And we can be confident that we do not have to go things, through all these difficulties on our own or in our own strength. Hebrews twelve two and 3 tells us very plainly in that order to run the race that marked out for us with endurance, we need to do is to keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus Christ, which is the third point. We're not on our own. We're not on our own. Verse 2 says, we do this, this is we, we run the race with endurance, the race marked out for us, and we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who imitates and perfects our faith. And because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. The writer of verse 1 or begins verse 1 by reminding us that we're surrounded by this great, great cloud of witnesses. And that the Vich have gone before us and who have gone and endured through it all. And they've received their crown of life because they were faithful. And it's promised to us as well if we do the same. And we can do the same by keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus Christ. We can't do it if we're going to be distracted. We can't do it if our eyes are mislaid onto other things. And if anyone that walked this planet has done it tough, it's Jesus himself. If anyone has not knows what it is to be persecuted, to have to be challenged in everything that he said and did, it's Jesus Christ. He understands, and Jesus didn't even find it necessarily easy to go through. There were days when he. He cried out to his heavenly father where he needed his own, the, the group of people around him. Remember John 17 when he's out in the garden praying and he asked his disciples to come with me? That's because he needed it. And he need, knew what it was like to be going through difficulties. He endured the cross, the scriptures tell us. He saw it through to the end, not only Sorry, if he didn't see it through to the end, not only would he lose the crown of life for himself, he would have lost it for all humanity. That was a bit of pressure. You and I need to realise when, when it tells us that Jesus endured the cross because of the joy awaiting him, that's the signal for us. That's Our bit of encouragement because of the joy that is awaiting us will be worth every single moment of discomfort and problems that we face on this planet. Every bit of suffering that we go through will be worth it if we are able to endure to the end because of the joy that was awaiting Jesus Christ, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame of all of that. And because of that, he's now seated at the right hand side of the Father because he endured through to the end. Jesus is the author and the perfecter, some versions, but the finisher of our race. He's the one who is at the beginning and will be there at our end. There is no end in eternity. He's the start and the finisher of our race who infinitely loves us and is there at every single step that you and I go through. And he never steps back from his responsibilities. He doesn't hide himself from us so that he's unable to be found even when we quit on him, it's only by God's grace that we have any chance of getting through this life unscathed of some of sorts. It's only by God's grace that we have any chance of making it through. And Paul recognised this in his ministry as well in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, whatever I am now, whatever I am now, it is because of Because God poured out his special favour on me. Whatever I am, it's because of God. And it's not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. And we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder whether we could testify just as Paul testifies that it's Because because whatever I am now, whatever I am now, it's because of the God has poured out himself upon me. Whatever I am. And can we testify that it's not without results? Are we ignoring what God has given us? Because we read it earlier in Philippians 1, that it's only through his power and him taking authority over my life, when we keep uh, seek first the kingdom of God and seek his righteousness, that we have any chance of seeing this work that he has prepared in advance for me brought through to completion. We are God's masterpiece, Ephesians 2 tells us. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, and we can do the things the good things that he planned for us long ago. We are his prized possessions. We are who we are as Christ followers because of God's grace. Only by God's grace. We're not who we are because of anything that we have done or achieved. He is worked in us to accomplish in us the great things that he has set out for us. And we need to see it through. We need to keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And because of that, he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Our testimony should replicate that if we are Christ followers. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster. The plans that I have for you are to give you a hope and a future. But if we get Tangled up in all the busyness, if we get distracted by the weights that slow us down, if we get caught up in the, the sin that so easily entangles us, we, we're not going to have much of a future or a hope. And through the difficulties, we're going to be challenged, and through those challenges, we're going to see the goodness of God come out. He's faithful. He's going to shine through. He's always going to be moulding us and forming us into his likeness. So we can persevere. We need to learn what it means to persevere through to the end. So for the joy that's set before us, we can endure what it has thrown at us from the world. What difficulties arise we're able to endure so that at the end of time we might be with him in the kingdom of heaven. For the joy of doing that, let's be prepared to to endure through to the end, throw off anything that hinders this walk, throw off and then get rid of the sin that so easily entangles us so that we can be with the Lord Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven at the right time. So, if you want to be unshakable in your faith we need to throw off everything that slows us down we need that everything that hinders our race not just the sinful things but the anything that stunts our progress and effectiveness as believers anything cast your cares and your burdens on him the scriptures tell us pray to him Ask him to help you. Ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance. Ask the Holy Spirit to remove those impediments to you being able to remove the things that hinder your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, to take away or to show you how to remove the sinful things that entangle us. And he will give us rest. If we want to be unshakable in our faith, we We can't give up when the going gets tough. And it's going to get tougher. That's the good news for today. We're now living in a really good time. It's going to get more difficult for the Christian. It really is. If you think the decisions that are being made in our parliaments and and government systems at the moment are hard, they're hard, but it's gonna get harder. And they're going to get through mostly unless we start and do something about that as prayerfully consider because the word of God tells us that it's going to be hard. They shouldn't catch us by surprise either. We have a whole cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, whole cloud of witnesses who have gone before us, who have borne witness to the fact that endurance pays off who have now received the crown of life and keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus is the only legitimate means of success in our Christian life. It's the only way it's going to happen. So it doesn't matter whether you're, you're 5, 15, 25, 105 or anywhere in between. The only way that we, the legitimate means of success for us in the Christian life is to keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you want to be unshakable in your faith, if, if you, you'll need to try and toss all those weights aside. And if you do try to do that, listen to me, you'll probably fail at times. It'll be hard. You'll mess up in the process of throwing off something maybe you don't, shouldn't have thrown off. You'll probably make mistakes. And while I'm not going to say that's okay, my advice would be to look to Jesus. Look to him. Look to him. Look to the cloud of witnesses from your past, and you'll see that pretty much every single one of those names mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 made mistakes. Almost every single one of them. There's a bunch of people in there who well, are not all Jews, by the way, and they're not all men. There were women who were prostitutes mentioned in there that were people of faith. Rahab, by faith, it tells us, hid the spies so that they were not captured, so that they were able to go into the promised land. By faith. And the examples compel us forward, going into this race. And we need to listen To their testimony. We need to listen and and admire, but also follow along their examples. We need to be open with each other and we don't have to do it alone. I know the Lord is with us. I know that. I know the Holy Spirit guides us. I know that very surely. But I tell you, it's much easier when we have a great group of people the body of christ doing the work that it's called to do encouraging one another not tearing each other down not pulling each other apart not criticizing one another but building one another up as each one does the work that god has called us to do we're going to make mistakes individually and as a body we will because we're human beings but we need to be open with one another And we're not meant to do it alone. We're never meant to do it alone. Remember, the scriptures tell us with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. And if you're facing a mountain of weights that you really want to let go of today, but not sure how to, let me encourage you, look to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, who gave us an example that we can have as same thing if we are able to endure the race or run the race with endurance, throwing off everything that hinders us, everything that slows us down, the sin that so easily entangles us and run with endurance, we will make it through. Every single one of us. And I just want to encourage you, turn your eyes, seek the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Lord, we need you. We really need you, Lord Jesus. It's not even feasible to think that we can get through this life on our own, in our own strength. And we need you. We need your help. We need your guidance. We need your Holy Spirit's presence with us. Because, Lord, we're, we're regularly messing up. We say things we shouldn't. We don't say things we should. We do things, Father, with different motions and reasons and, and then regret it. And We don't do things and regret it. Father, we, we're just messed up. The things we want to do, we don't. The things we don't want to do, they're the very things we do. We need you. And I'm asking, Lord, that you, you fill us with your Holy Spirit's presence today, that you fill us, that you inspire us, that you guide us, that you direct us, that you fill us from the bottom of our feet to the top of our heads with your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, your love, your compassion, your faithfulness. And help us, Lord, to know the things that we should throw off that are hindering the work that you want to do in us Help us and remind us, Father, of the sin that so easily entangles us to be to be avoiding that. As you asked, to pr- told, taught us to pray in in Matthew six, that we need to recognize this. Father, I pray that you and ask for your help as we endure the difficulties. But Lord, for the joy that is set before us, we we ask that we might be able to endure it to come through the other end, and I ask, Father, that you help us, teach us, encourage us to grow in grace, mercy, love, endurance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, that you fill us, Father, with your presence and your power and your your authority to go into our world and make disciples and to testify of the goodness of God. You're a good, good Father. Father. You're a good God, and we need you. Lord, I need you. And I'm asking, Father, I'm asking for your hand to be upon us as a church, for your grace to be poured out not just over us, but through us into our community so that your name would be honoured in all ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.